Gemariyom, Adavchov, Beis, Amun Beis. We are going to start again from um, from uh, uh, three lines from the top. Uh, we, on the table last week was Henry's question. Uh, the Gemara said, "It's uh, it's Let's see the Gemara again, and then we'll we'll see what we can do with Henry's question. Tana. It says in the Brisa, uh, thrust out your fingers, Luminium, for counting. Why don't you just count them directly? Salah Rabbi Yitzchak, the Amar. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, also, Limnos is Yisrael, Afilu, the Divine Mitzvah, the Chsiv, the Kedem, Bavazek. Okay? Um, Henry, we're about to answer your question. I'm glad you came on. Okay, good. Okay, we'll start the Gemara again. And then Maskelor Vashi Vashi says, Mahai, Hai Vazek Lishna de Mivzik. It's a passion by Shaul, he said. Dilma Ashmadamasu. How do you know it means broken pieces of Kharis? That's what the Gemara understood. He said that it says, Vivka de Mivazek, that he counted them with pieces of shards of pottery. Vashi says, how do you know? Maybe Bozik is a place. See that the word Bozik is a place. So he didn't agree. And <coughs> he brought another proof from a different Bozik. Again, with Shalom Elaf, El Mahacham. This had to do with the the war of, of Nachash, uh, the, it was the king's name. Nachash was the king of Ammon and uh, threatened the people of Yavesh Gilad. And Shaul, they sent a message to Shaul and Shaul was angry. And he um, gathered together a whole bunch of Eden, a whole bunch of warriors, and he uh, counted them with sheep that they had taken from his flock, and they counted them up, and that was the amount of soldiers they had. And they attacked Nachash Amoni, and they destroyed uh, his nation. Now, um, Henry asked the question yesterday, that what kind of, the, 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 uh, not yesterday, Friday, a very good question. What do you mean, um, that's not accounting. That's the, the idea of a tiyat is to know upon whom falls the number. What do they do? They had a certain amount of coin. Let's say that 32 coin, right? So the mamuna would go to one coin, as the Gemara says. He re, he removed his his hat, and he begin the counting from him. Mamuna would take a number much larger than the amount of coin that there are 100 or 60. Rashi says, and he would begin to count from the person whose hat was on. He didn't count them. He simply used them as he simply went around in a circle to know on which coin falls the number. So, why is this a messiah Rabbi Yitzchak? That was Henry's question. And the answer is this. I was bothered enough by another question. Look at the beginning of the Gemara. Tana, it says, throw out your, thrust out your fingers. What do you have to bring a brisa for? You have a minion. You have a you have a Mishnah that tells you what we used to do, right? So here it tells you a little bit more. It tells you to um, to put out your fingers specifically. But the Mishnah also says that 
if you learn the Mahim Motzi and Achis Ushtayim, says it in a different fashion, but it's essentially the same thing. But the answer is that the mission, the Brisi here, includes one word that the mission does not include. You see this, Henry? The Brisa is either disagreeing or he is adding to the Mishnah by saying that it was not just a, um, a way for the number to devolve, it was the minion. They actually counted. That was the idea. So the Mamuna at once wanted to know where the, which Kohen it fell on. They also wanted to know how many Kohen were there. So only on the Brisa can you ask this question. You couldn't have asked the question on the Mishnah. That's why the, on, the, on the Mishnah. That's why the Gemara brought the Brisa. That is the answer to your question. Baruch Hashem. So now I realized from your question, a question is gold. You know, the briskers say that Akash is Eich The question is also Teira. Right? Because when you hear a good question, you get to think about it and you... Uh, and, and you, you see a different perspective of the Gemara. So Baruch Hashem. I was excited to tell you this whole Shabbos, but I didn't see it. I, I still don't see it as counting, personally. Well, the, Gemara, the Bryce says it. Liminion. Yeah, I understand that, the Bryce says, but I don't, I don't see it as counting. That's all. But you, the Bryce is telling you that they actually counted. It wasn't just that. They actually wanted to know how many Kohen were there. Because when, when it doesn't tell you how many Kohen were there. Well, when he counts, he knows. Not really, because when you get when you get to the to 160, that's the that's the sele- the selectee. Does it tell you how many Kohen are there? No. No, but it's because uh, what happens is when you get to when you get through 19, you get to number two, the the first one again is 20 again. That number one becomes 20, and number and number 40 begin and and the number one becomes 40 again, and the number one becomes 60, and and so on and so forth. Right, so but it's not really the, it's not really a count. You're right, but the mamuna also wanted to know how many Kohanim there were, so he had in mind. When he went around the circle once, this is how many Kohanim we have. Now we're going to continue moving because we have to see who the number falls on. It's going to be more than the amount of people that are there, for sure. But the Bryce of Kalila says, Laminion. And they also did it for the purpose of counting. The, 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 count, the, the true count is actually the first, when you go around the circle the first time. Exactly. That's the only true count. Right, and he kept that in mind. And that's the amount of Kohanim he had at his disposal. Mm-hmm. How many Kohen am I going to have to work in the basic English today? Well, now I know how many. I just counted them. Um, so we can't do that. We have to be at Tzio, at Sposetum. In shul, I never, this would be a very good thing if you wanted to know who, um, how many you have for a minion, instead of counting a Shia Semecha, just everyone stick out a finger. And, and you're good. You're fine with that. Let's see a little further. Uh, once we started this Kumara again, Let's continue it. Um, let's continue it. Amar Rabalazar. Rabalazar says, Right? So your, your question has a new, brings to a new perspective on the Gemara. Thank you. Amar Rabalazar says, Anybody who does count Klai Israel transgresses a law. Remember, it says, Ashur lo yima. The counting of Israel was like the sands of the sea. It cannot be measured, right? From Nachman by Yitzchak Amar, as it says, Oyvah b'shnei lamin, he transgresses to lamin shenema. 
Can't be measured, can't be counted. Actually, has those that pasuk has a has a, those as, as a question. Why? Says um, the the the, uh, the count of Klai Yisrael is like is like these strands of the sea. Now, the truth is that the 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 sands of the sea do have a finite number. We happen not to know maybe the finite number, but we do know there is a finite number. But yet it says, so the Reisha and the Seifa are contradictory. It says there's a finite number of Kacholiyam, and then it says, Shalayimah, that cannot be measured. You could, if you wanted to count the stands of the sea. Uh, Rabbi. Yes. Can I ask you a quick question on that? Well, you can. Um, if the, I, I don't know how sand is created, so I'm just going to throw that out there first. <laughs> but if, if the water's constantly pulling in, pull, pulling in, pushing it, how would you know how much sand there actually is? How would you ever count that? Like, how could you say there's a finite number if it's constantly changing? So, um, I'm not sure how sand is created either. We do have a scientist in the group, Dr. Shulman, who is probably more erudite on this subject matter than we are. However, um, the, the, uh, he might have missed that course in college, how to create sand in medical school. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> they don't have courses for that. <laughs> oh, come on. You would cheat it out of an education, Jason. The practical stuff here. Yes. Uh, so I said last week there was some person who, uh, who obviously had way too much time in his hands who wanted to know how much sand there was in the beach. So what he did was he uh, measured, um, he, he took a, uh, uh, he measured how much sand there was in like a square inch. Right, and it's like area under the curve, basically. You can get an idea of the entire amount. For instance, if you take a beach and you get the uh, the, the square mileage, for instance, or how exactly. long it is, and then take one small part, and then you can... That's what, exactly what he did. He measured one small part, and then he measured the length and width of the beach, and he figured out how much sand there was on a particular beach. So Okay. Right. So it is doable. Now, was he... That correct? seems very flawed, but, you know, I mean... Yeah, I, I didn't do I it. don't know this this experiment, but I, the entire beach is not necessarily going to be equal. I don't know. Okay, I mean, listen, if it's safe, if it's, uh, if they say you can do it, you can do it, fine. I'm just, it, is, it is doable. It might take you a very long time to do it, but you could certainly get a very close estimate to how much it is. If That's you pulled the beach and you made it all flat and you did his experiment... Um, and assuming that the you know you have to you have to figure for the gradient of the beach going down, it definitely is doable. Um, <clears throat> should you spend your time doing that or chazering the Gemara? I would tell you that you're better off chazering the Gemara. Little's mom to count sand, but uh... I, I think it probably would fall into that category. But somebody once did that, so it is countable. But the Gemara, but the Pesach says, "Ashley Yimad," it's uncountable. So the Gemara says, "You're right." When we say that they're uncountable is when they are doing the ruts of the will of a Kaddish Baruch But when do we say that they are counted, there is a finite number, is when they are, when they are not doing the will of a Kaddish Baruch That's why 
you um, sometimes you see, you know, how many Jews there are in the world, etc. You know, it's it's uh, it's not uh, it's not a good thing to know how many Jews there are in the world. But um, you can take comfort in the fact that we don't really know because a lot of the people that count are Jewish are not Jewish, um, and they're just not properly Jewish, they're not converted properly, or um, they're the children of non-Jewish mothers, but they count them as Jewish anyway. And some of the people that don't identify as Jewish are Jewish. So um, the, the number is not correct. Anyway, that's what the Gemara says. Um, Rebbe Omar Yishum Abiyosi Ben Dustoi. Okay. Loikash, I'm giving you a different tarots. Khan Bide Adam, Khan Bide Shamayin. When do we say that the um, the uh, there is no counting at all? That is Bide Adam. A person can't count it. But Bide Shamayim, there is an actual count. Because Rohu knows the exact number of true Jews at any given moment of the day who was just born two seconds ago and um, who just passed away three seconds ago. So Hashem knows that exactly. But human beings cannot count the exact number of Jews. Hashem also knows who's the hidden Jews, who are, who's, 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 uh, who's really Jewish, who's not. That's what Mario answers. Now, um, let's see a little further. This is a little bit of uh, a galata, and um, we're going to see the Gemara a little further. Amar Rabbi Loi Bar Idi Amar Shmuel. Rabbi Loi Bar Idi says in the name of Shmuel, Kivin Shinasmana Adam, Parnas Alatibor, since a person has been placed as a Parnas on the Tibor, Miss Asher, he becomes rich. I'm waiting for this Gemara to come true. <laughs> I have no doubt, total faith. Anyway, uh, the parnas means a person who has a responsible position on the tibor, Miss Asher. Um, it becomes rich. How do you know? The Kara, this is um, Rebbe in the name, uh, I'm sorry, Rebbe Bar Idi, the name of Shmuel. Um, he, he agreed with the original point in the Gemara that Rebbe Yitzchak had said that when Shalomela counted them, with buzzik, it didn't mean a place, and then shards of pottery. Shards of pottery, broken pieces of pottery are pretty much worthless. Mara says you could use it to uh, cover a keli with it, or you could use it to scrape dirt off your shoe with it, but basically um, shards of pottery are worthless. So here's what happened. First happens is first it says he counted them with buzzik, with pieces of pottery, and then afterwards, uh, he counted them with sheep, right? Now, um, what is, that, that's talking about Shol HaMelech. At first, Shol counted them with pottery, and then afterwards, he counted them with sheep. So you see, that Shol was, was rich. He was able to count them with sheep. Now, the Maria's the question, one minute. How do you know that, I mean, Rashi said it before, we got it from this Gemara, but how do you know that the sheep belong to Shol? The Dilma did who? Maybe the sheep belong to the people, meaning that um, Shol Melech said, I want everyone to put a sheep of his own into the pot, 
and by counting them, we'll know who it is. So then the Gemara says, that campaign came Marabusa the Milsa. What's the Chiddush of sheep specifically that he counted them with? Uh, it must be Marabusa, because uh, he, he could have counted them with pottery. Why did he have to go count them with sheep for? Yeah, it's true that Marabusa is, they couldn't have counted them one, two, three. He needed to count them with something, but why did Shol need to count them specifically with sheep? Why couldn't Shol have done pottery again? Jared says he counted them with sheep because he's counting them with his own sheep, and it's coming to teach us this limud that when a person becomes a parnas alatibor, he becomes wealthy. Let's take a look at um, Rashi. Nope, no Rashi. Okay. I, I was wondering how he counted them with the sheep. Well, if each person went to the royal barn and he was given a sheep and they put it into another pen um, and then they counted the sheep in the pens. Why wouldn't they just count the sheep if they give them a, a each man gets a sheep? Why wouldn't they just count this as sheep number one, that this guy's got the sheep number one, this one's got number two and so on and then finish with it instead of, and instead of counting it again? It was, it was probably unruly to do it that way. It was probably easier to do it his way. Just uh, each person would take a sheep, lead it into the pen, and then they would have people in charge count the sheep. What especially bothers me is, is having all these sheep in a pen, trying to count sheep in a pen. That's why they count usually when they when they count the sheep in, you know, in, a, in a pen, they put them through the gate and they count them going through the gate. Yeah, listen, this is what happened. I, I, I can't say more than that. It could be the the amount of uh, the amount of people were, were like two hundred thousand warriors, I believe it says. Because there was a lot of sheep, but it is possible that um, they used they reused the sheep. It's possible they went into a pen and they said, "Okay, here's a thousand. Uh, put them back. You guys step out. Step out. You're done. Next guys, go in." Um, Uh, let's see. Um, where does it say over here? You can name Batlaim. Shmuel Aleph Tes Vav. Okay. No, this is not it. Yeah, it might make some mistakes. Oh, here, by Nochosh Hamoni, it says, We have Kadem Bavazek, and for you, B'nai Yisrael, Shloshmeos Elif. There were 300,000 warriors in Kalah Yisrael, Vishyhuda Shloshem Elif, and Vishyhuda was. Among them were 30,000 um, warriors. And then later on, when it talks about a Malik, yeah, it says, Vishamashalasa'am, Vivkan Batlayim, Masayim Elif Ragli, 200,000 infantry, Vaseris Alafim as Ishuda, and 10,000. 
among them were 10,000 ish Yehuda, meaning these were people from Yehuda who were very, uh, who were very, uh, apparently very good warriors, clearly very good warriors. So um, there were 200,000 people. That's a lot of sheep. Now, he was the king. Okay, I got it. But it is a lot of sheep, 200,000. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that all of New Zealand, which is a very big sheep farming nation, there's only 3 million sheep, right? And I, I have this impression that New Zealand is larger than Eretz Israel, and this is from a whole country. This is just the king. So um, it could be that they reuse the sheep. I don't know. Anyway, or it could be a 200,000 sheep. Okay. Let's see further. Um, and over there in uh, in uh, by Amalek, in the war of Amalek, it says, and they fought in the Nachal. What does it mean they fought in the Nachal? Nachal means a stream, a channel, or a valley even. Amr Amani al Iske Nachal, concerning Nachal. When Shaul HaMelech, when Hashem told Shaul HaMelech, go ahead and kill, hit HaMelech, meaning destroy them entirely. Omar, so Shaul reasoned, I don't know if he said this, he didn't say it to Hashem, but he said to himself, um, concerning one nefesh, the Torah said, bring an Eglarufa, meaning if one nefesh is... Um, is, 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 is killed, and we don't know who, we saw this last last year in in Masech in, in the one Nevesh is killed, and we're not sure which city it comes from, we don't know who the killer was, so the luck is you bring an egg larufa. So, that's a terrible thing, you have to bring a carbon. It's not a carbon, it's an egg larufa, it's a ceremony. But still, you, have, you need a, a kapara. Call it a fashas alolu, halachas kama v'kama, um, all these people, isn't it a pity to kill all of them? Now, you want to tell me, okay, um, the people among the Malik um, did a virus, and they are deserving of death. Behema, Maichata, animals, what sins could they possibly have done? And if Gedolim, um, uh, the adults sinned, the young children without Das, Maichatu, what sin did they do? So Shaul, in his mind, disagreed with the decree. Now, um, this was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's decree. Hashem knows what he's doing. Um, I'll just contrast two stories in the Torah, just for you to understand that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Avram Avinu to take Yitzchak Valeila And Yitzchak and Avram did not question. He just went out and did it. Now, it turned out that Hashem didn't want him to kill him, to shock him, just want him to bring him to an Ola and bring him down, but Avram did not question, even though it went against the grain of everything that Avram Avinu uh, understood about Hashem and what he, was, what he was taught. On the other hand, Hashem is the greatest Rahmanis for all creatures. When Yonah did not want to go to Ninveh to tell them about their that Hashem is going to destroy the city, giving them the opportunity 
didn't tshuva, so Hashem said, I shouldn't have Rachmanis in such a large city and Behema Rabba and also on the animals, right? So um, Hashem said, uh, at the end, he said, the reason why I wanted you to go to Nineveh is because I have Rachmanis on this city of Chotim. Uh, and I want them to, uh, to lead successful lives by doing tshuva. So, but Shaul still questioned Hashem. Now you have to understand, you got to take this into in perspective. Because we're going to see in a second that Shoal had never committed an Avera. Never committed an Avera before he became king. And when he committed Averas, we're not talking about run-of-the-mill garden variety Averas, which are also serious, like coming late for davening or drifting off during davening or not having proper kavanu and making a bracha. That was not Shoal. Shoal never committed any sort of Avera like that in his life. So what does this mean that Shoal questioned the will of Hashem? He never questioned the will of Hashem in anything, in any chok, in anything. So, but he did. We can't disagree with the Gemara. The Gemara says he did, he did. It has to be taken in context of the great Shoal. Now, and you'll see later on, Gemara brings out the greatness of the character of Shoal. Um, but at that moment, it says, Yotzeb Basko, a heavenly voice rung out and said, don't be too much of a tzaddik. Don't be too much of a tzaddik. Because Hashem knows, just like the Ben Sora Mora, that these souls are corrupted entirely. And if they were to grow up and, and survive, they would cause great destruction. Like retroactively, for example, knowing what we know, if you had the ability to kill Hitler when he was four years old, would you do it? So I don't think any sane person would say he wouldn't. If you knew exactly what Hitler would develop into, Eichmann, Himmler, Goebbels, you, 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 would, you would, of course, anybody who would be normal, anybody who would have mercy would kill him. The cruel thing would be not to kill. The merciful thing would be to kill. So, because Rokhul knows, he says, um, let's see a little further. Um, what happened was Doeg, who was the head of the Bezdin, Claimed that Achimelech was um, was and, and, and all the Kohanim from the city of Nov, um, which was just outside Yerushalayim. I'm told that Nov is what we call today present-day French Hill, um, The city of Nov and and the Kohen Gadol are rebelling against you, and Shaul was reluctant to believe it, but um, Doeg. Um, you know, essentially Paskin that way, that they were rebelling and they were Chayavisa. So Shaul was reluctant, but he gave Doeg permission. He said, okay, you go. Sivata, uh, Sivata, you go around there. I'm giving you permission to kill the Kohanim. I don't have any hand on this. Um, you know, Tabasco, heavily voice rang out and said, and said, don't be too much of a Russia. Meaning, Shaul, you're not balanced. 
too much of a tzaddik here, too much of a Russian there. <laughs> what does it mean to be Altir Shaharbe? I mean, it's okay to be Russia up to a, to a point? What? No. No, 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 no. Meaning that um, sometimes a person, it's, it's like a play on words. Sometimes a person has to act cruel, even though it's not really cruelty. For example, if you have a child who is misbehaving in a dangerous way, you need to give the child a punishment. So you take the child and uh, you put the child in timeout in the corner and you don't let him play with his toys. And to him, it's, it's, it's eternal. You're in timeout for 15 minutes. The kid doesn't know what 15 minutes means. 15 minutes to him is, is a lifetime. Can't play with his toys for 15 minutes. Screaming and yelling and crying. The cruel thing would be, you know, let's say the child is, is, uh, is going outside the house without permission. You got to really make a point over here. Okay? This, this explanation of Tirsha is, is not in the sense of being uh, evil or bad, but, but just being strict. Yeah, in that sense. Meaning the, the, the Gemara tells us sometimes you have to put on the face of being angry, even though you're not angry. You know, the, the mother is not upset at her child. It's not, it's not, it's not, does not want to harm the child by taking away the toys. The mother does put on an angry face. I'm mad at you, right? Because I want to show you that you can't leave the house without permission. It's dangerous. But there, the cruel thing would be not to punish the child. The, the merciful thing would be to punish the child. So that's what it means. Anyway, Let's see a little further. Amar uh, Rav Huna says Rav Huna. Kamalo Chalivu Amargish Gavra Demari Saya. Chalivu Amargish means you don't, you're not sick about it, you don't feel. Um, and we'll, we'll see. Rashi explains it. Shol Ba'achas Ba'olsalo, David B'shtayim below Osalo. Meaning Shol did one of Era, and it counted for him to remove him from the kingdom. And David did two of Eros, below Osolo, and it didn't count for him. And count is maybe a bad word, but it didn't have an effect to remove him from the kingdom. Let's take a look at, and the Lord is going to explain what the Averas were in a minute, but let's take a look first at Rashi, before we run away with ourselves. Kama lo chaliv lo margish. Rashi is one, two, the second line from uh, where the thin lines begin, uh, two words from the end of the uh, line. Oh, I'm sorry, three lines. Sorry, three lines. Um, How confident is he? Doesn't need to get sick and to get worried. Um, the person who Hashem is helping him doesn't have to worry about anything. Got um, stumbled in one incident, but also Lolara, and it counted for him for bad, meaning he lost the Lakonso Misa um, to, to uh, be punished with death, the Vatal Malchuso, and to negate his kingdom, meaning that his line would no longer be kings. The David, the Yadavid Nichol he fell. 
he stumbled in two Averas, although also Olara, and it didn't count for him for bad, meaning it didn't have that lasting effect. David, we'll see soon, David was punished for the Averas he did. Don't, don't uh, make a mistake. Hashem punishes everyone for Averas he did, and David was severely punished, but it didn't have the lasting effect. He wasn't going to be king. In fact, we actually saw in this week's Haftarah, this last week's Haftarah, that David Amelach was sick, and his son Adoniyahu had tried to usurp the kingdom from Shlomo, who David had promised would be the next king. And then Nassim and Bathsheba um, thought of this plan to get David to recognize the severity of the situation. Bathsheba went in and told David that he promised the kingdom to Shlomo, and yet Adoniyahu is, is shechting the animals and inviting people and saying, I'm the king. And then after, and, and uh, right then, Nassim and Navi came in and said the same thing. So David strengthened himself and doesn't say at the end of the, the Laftara, the Laftara ends with, ends with David saying what he's going to do, but David made a proclamation that Shaul is going to be the king. And that was the end of Adoniyahu's aspirations. So, so that's what happened. Um, now, uh, so what are the Averis that David did? What are the Averis that Shaul did? Shaul Ba'achas Mahi. What was the Avera that Shaul did that cost him his life, really, essentially, and his kingdom? Maised Agag. The story of Agag, meaning what we just said beforehand, that Shaul did not kill all of Amalek. He permitted them to live, and he, he permitted Agag to remain alive. And Agag uh, stayed alive one more day, had relations with a woman who became pregnant and continued the lineage of Amalek, unfortunately, and that, um, and, and Haman attempted to kill all of Kalei Israel. He was a, a grandson of Agag. And uh, all the great, great calamities that occurred to Kalei Israel came because of that mistake that Shaul made they let Agag live for a day, for a night. Now, Frank Gemar, what are you saying that Shaul only sinned once? There's also the Avera, Ikamaisa, the Novi Rakonim. Um, there's also the story of Novi Rakonim that 70,000 Kohanim, including the Kohen Gadol, uh, and plus the Kohen Gadol, were killed. Mara says their families. Amaisa um, de Agag, Siv, the Maisa of Agag was more serious. Siv, Nichamti, Kimlachti, Yashol. Nichamti means I changed my mind. I, 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 I seek comfort, so to speak, but it means I changed my mind. Um, because I, I, uh, I, I, I caused Shoal, I made Shoal to be the king. Um, then what's the story with David? So let's finish this up. Uh, what, what's the case of David? David um, the case of Uriah, killing Uriah, and um, Ansar. So we'll see about this uh, tomorrow. The Mars will explain to Averis of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of David. He was, he, was, he was punished. He was punished plenty. So um, for it, but he didn't lose his kingdom because of it. So we'll, uh, Mitchum will start on this vein 
uh, in this tomorrow tomorrow, and we'll we'll pick up the list. Okay. Okay. Have a good day. See you tomorrow, Bezer Shem.